Hey everyone, I'm Madeline Dell, the Chapter Goddess. I'm a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, host, and overall creative. I really like to sit down and chat with authors and other creatives to hear what they add to the creative world in general. How do they bring their authentic selves to life in what they do? Our authenticity is important, especially in the world today. So sit back and relax and grab a cup of coffee, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and let's meet this episode's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Book Chat. Madeline Dale here, and I have a guest from across the seas hanging out with us today. Um, Before I bring her in, I just want to say, don't forget to check out my books. Blue Flames should officially be out now. So snag it while you can at 99 cents for all eBooks. It is wide and paperback is also available. But without further ado, let me bring in our guest and let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name's Avery from across the sea. Makes it sound like I'm not an American. Um, my name's Avery Carter. I am a queer non-binary author living in South Korea. Uh, and I am here today to talk about my new fantasy novella, The Ghost and the Real Girl. Uh, it is gay. It is not spicy. Sorry, not this time. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited to talk about it. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I totally had to throw that in there because you are technically, even if you are still American across the sea. So, got to make it interesting, right? Yeah. So, tell me more about your book. Where did the inspiration come from for this story? So. With every story that I write, the inspiration always comes from one thing. I get a thing stuck in my brain and I have to write it down. So for this story, it was the very first line of the book, which if you've read the book is a whopper. The very first line is, there was never a good night to rob a grave, but the night of a full moon was certainly the worst. Oh, yeah, that is definitely that is a whopper of a first line. So once I had that first line, I knew that I had to come up with some sort of story to go with it. Mm -hmm. And as I was writing it, it just kind of got longer and longer and longer until I realized this is not a short story. This is a novella. Yeah, it's always fun when they kind of like grow from just that little bit. And then you're like, oh, wow, this is like more than I thought it was going to be. It's kind of a fun thing, though. What was your favorite thing, like, creating the story? Did you have, like, a character or something that stood out? All the characters in the book are really cool. Um, one of the main characters, Sarah, I I identify with her pretty closely. Um, I'm autistic, and she's also, I wrote her as autistic. Um, it's not expressly stated because this is a secondary world, so it's not Earth. Um, but it is very heavily coded. She's very heavily coded as autistic. And some of my readers have already picked that up, uh, which was very exciting. And I like commented on the reviews and I was like, hey, you got it. Good job. Good thought. 
Um, so there was that, that was what really made her identity click. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just creating the world was a lot of fun. I had a whole session, a half an hour session. I basically walked into the living room with my little notebook, sat down next to my wife. And I was like, okay, I have this story. It's bigger than I thought. Help me with the world. (laughs) (laughs) Teamwork. Yes. So tell me about the world. Like, let's, let's dive into that since we're talking about that. Like, what all have you put into it to like make it this amazing thing? So I did the fantasy thing. I gave you all a map. Yes. And I'm very proud of this. I made everything in this book myself. Holy That is awesome. Uh, The cover is royalty free art. Uh, All the inside stuff is also royalty free art. And Mm -hmm. the map is from a D&D map generator I found online. Um, But I made the whole thing myself. I designed the interior myself. Uh, And this map, it lays out the city of Kalem, which Mm -hmm. is where the story takes place. And the city itself is... I knew that I wanted it to have a sort of like social system mm-hmm. to it. So the way that we ended up planning out this social system was based on this giant crystal tower in the middle of the city that light hits at certain times of the day and refracts basically rainbows onto different parts of the city. Yeah. Whatever part of the city gets the light the most, that's where the rich people would live. And whatever part gets it the least, that is where the poor people live. So mm-hmm. each of the districts is named after a different season. Um, we have Astas, which is where Clem, the ghost, mm-hmm. is to live. Uh, that's the summer district. And then we have Himes, which is the poorest district. It's the winter district. And that's where Sarah, our grave robber, our real girl, yeah. lives. Um, mm-hmm. She tends to go into Veers. Or verse, however you choose to pronounce it. I haven't determined how I want to pronounce it yet. Um, which is the spring district because the that's where the merchant quarters are, the lower merchants, the upper merchants, and then the two hospitals oh. of the city are in that area. And her little brother is studying to be a doctor at one of the hospitals. Sarah's oh. little brother is. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really go over into Aurum's, the autumn district at all. Mm-hmm. But in the next book I have planned in this series, we'll get to see some of the copper miners Ooh. that show up. And it's basically just an excuse for me to info dump about crystals for like 40,000 words and then Ooh. be done. <laughs> There's totally nothing wrong with info dumping about crystals. That's you're speaking my language right there. So. <laughs> And it's always good when you bring crystals into fantasy stories, if you ask me. Um, Yeah. It almost ties in. I feel like it really ties in the real world when you bring that in. So Mm -hmm. uh, what is your character's like backstories? Let's let's talk about that. Like, is it too much of a spoiler to talk about how the ghost becomes a ghost or? So to talk about Clem's backstory, that is a bit of a spoiler. Without spoiling too much, she starts out very 
prim, proper, very buttoned up, almost literally buttoned up. Like she's got a very fancy dress up to here, sleeve, full sleeves. Like she keeps her hands in front of her. She's very prim, very proper. And as the story goes on, she learns to actually like loosen up and become more of a human. Yeah. More of a person as she interacts with Sarah. Uh, Sarah, on the other hand, is complete opposite. Yeah. Um, She's a grave robber by trade. So Mm -hmm. she literally digs up dead bodies and sells them to hospitals and art students and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she went into the city, went into Calum to begin with because her brother got accepted to the doctor program. Yeah. So she went to go and support him and like take care of him because he's like 10 or 12. Oh, wow. At the time of the story, the way that I have the aging system works is when you lose all of your teeth and grow them back in again, you're considered an adult. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so he's losing his back teeth mm-hmm. at the time of the story. Um, but they were farmers. They were at the they were in the outer farms. So Sarah is very brawny. She's got like big five foot four, can bench press like five foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds of muscle energy. Like she's just like whoa. And meanwhile, Clem is like this tall, willowy thing, and it's it's a very good dynamic between the two of them. It's very good. Yeah. It sounds like it because I opposites attract. So that is very fitting. So I let's, how did you decide the whole aging system? Because that's really unique and stands out to me. Um, I just kind of decided it. Like, I was like, you know, this would be a cool thing. Because I already have it. I already have everything in there based on the wheel of the year. Mm -hmm. And like, the religion is the church of the wheel and it's based on like the spokes of a wheel and Calum itself was laid out like a wheel. So I was like, you know what, what if I just make it so that once you're 12, which is about the same time that all of your teeth finally grow back in, what if I just make it about that time that you are an adult, considered an adult? Yeah. So, like, kids start applying to university programs and doctor programs, like, when they start to lose their front teeth. Oh, my gosh. And I guess that's kind of inspired a little bit by life here in Korea, because the kids here, it's it's a very competitive academic system here in Korea. So, that's part of it. But I was just like, this sounds cool. So, I did it. That is so unique. And that does, like you mentioned, the Korea, there's system's very like competitive and stuff that's kind of like mm-hmm. almost a way of tying that into the story very like subtle like that's that's fun it, that did that like was that just kind of like oh like this makes sense kind of that or was that intentional it was it's just kind of like an oh man, that makes sense sweet i love it so you mentioned this is going to become a series how many yes. books do you think you're, or well, actually not think, how many are you planning on putting into it? I know sometimes books like take their own little, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you working on book two already? I am. Uh, so 
again, without spoiling too much, the mm-hmm. end of book one, the end of The Ghost and the Real Girl, finishes up with magic starting to grow in the world again. Ooh. Because this is a world where magic has been gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are echoes of a magical past, like the crystal spire in the middle of the city that no one can get into or these little like jellyfish will-o'-the-wisps that kind of float around in the shadows or you know weird turbines on the river near the city Mm -hmm. um the plumbing system is like really weird and half magical and no one can really figure out how it works so there are all these echoes there but there's no magic anymore but at the end of book one, magic starts to grow again. And that's a very intentional word, that it starts to grow. Keep that in mind if you read it. It starts to grow again. So the next few books are going to be exploring different people as they develop magical abilities suddenly. Um, or some of them not so suddenly. But at the moment, I have three more books planned. Um, The second one is called The Stone Sings True. Um, It's about Addie, who is the daughter of copper miners. And she discovers that she has the ability to literally sing stones up from under the ground and sing metal up from under the ground. Wow. But the problem with that is that when she brings it up from under the ground, it is no longer underground. So she causes cave-ins, landslides. And she basically gets cast out as a witch until her father gets trapped underneath the mountain after she called up a big vein and she has to go and save them. Man. Yeah. That is crazy and intense, but that's also good motivation. Like that's, she essentially gets to become a hero. I like that. But yes, these, these books sound extremely like exciting and interesting and they're like it's going to really take readers on an adventure so through the world especially yeah definitely so after the stone sings true the working title for the next one is the embers and the ashes i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's going to be that case but that one was inspired literally by a single line in a song i think it was where it's like my parents sold me to the church now i'm tied to the altar but i won't burn and i'm like I've already brought in fire with the church and the wheel, with the church of the wheel. I've already done that. So like, yeah, everything there. Yeah. That is fun. And I like how your inspiration hits you, like just with that single, like almost like dynamite kind of line. So yeah, it really, it's a good hook. So um, when it comes to marketing your books, how do you go about the marketing stuff? I know this is like the dreaded thing for any creative. I'm really bad at marketing. Yeah. I'm really bad at marketing. Um, <laughs> it's also funny because I'm in an MFA program and we had an entire class devoted to marketing. And oh. as soon as I finished that class, just all that information was just whoop, right out of my brain. Yes. Um, so I have a website. Mm-hmm. I run Amazon ads. I do that stuff. I do podcasts like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have signed on with a publicist, so that's that helps. Yeah. Um, and I tend to draw on the queer community here in Korea a lot. Uh, yeah. 
it's a very close-knit community. Korea mm-hmm. itself is a very homophobic country. Um, so those of us that are LGBTQ, that are neurodivergent, that, you know, don't fit inside the neat little yeah box, we tend to find each other. Um, so I usually just post about that and I'm like, buy my books. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also take part in a lot of charity giveaways and charity auctions with my books. Um, I recently donated some signed books to raise money for protesters in Iran. Um, because we have, uh, I'm friends with a very big, like, organizer. Sorry, that was my dog. Yeah. Uh, if you wonder what that proof was, yeah. that was Grace. Um, yeah, I'm friends with one of the, with an organizer of one of the big overseas protests here in Korea. Mm-hmm. And I donated some books to auction off to help raise money for Iranian protesters. Uh, and I've also tried, I've been looking to donate books to um, a local animal shelter here that one of my friends volunteers at so they can auction it off to help raise money for a dog's heartworm treatment. Oh, that's good because that stuff is expensive. I actually, I have a bunch of rescue pets and one we actually brought him in. He was still heartworm positive. So thankfully he was kind of on the end of it. We didn't have to do the intensive treatments, but those intensive treatments, like I researched them and my best friend had to do that for her dog and like, Ooh, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So speaking of pets and I, and since we got to see the, the tail of your little, your pepper, tell me, do they, yeah. How do they influence your, your writing? Uh, I'm a big fan of the little creatures. Like, you know how sometimes you just have the little creatures in books that are just like, or in movies that are just like, this is my friend. He's a little creature. He has eyes and he makes no noise except little. Yeah. Um, Case in point being Morph in Treasure Planet. Yeah. The, oh, what are they called? Um, the little shadow blobs in Tamara Pierce's Immortals Quartet. Those were a huge influence yeah. on me. Those, the little, the little shadow blobs. Um, but with those, I ended up creating my own tiny creature. Yeah. And I'm reaching over here because I actually have an example of it. It's a flykin. Oh, that is so awesome. So it's basically tiny living moss. Yeah. It shows up in the first book. Sweet. It's, it's a little tiny moss creature. That one doesn't look very good because it's very dried out. Um, but basically think like a Marimo, but not aquatic, with eyes that has little legs. And he's just kind Aww. of like. Yeah. That, that would be a pretty cool pet to have. I'm not going to lie. So right? Yes. So I always tell people. You know, go touch some moss. See if it wakes up. <laughs> I mean, it might. It might just one day if you're lucky. So it might. Yeah. Um. Another thing I really like to dive into with any creative I chat with is self care. Um. What do you do for self care to kind of like take care of your mental health? Do you have a routine or just kind of like, yeah, 
Tell me about it. I'm autistic. Mm -hmm. My life is routine. I literally do the same thing every single day. Yeah. And I said that to one of my friends who is not neurodivergent. She was like, do you eat the same thing every day? And I was like, yeah, you don't. You don't eat the same thing every day. <laughs> um, so my day always goes exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. I wake up at 930. I lay in bed and watch videos for like half an hour. I take the dogs out to our local coffee shop to get coffee. Aww. I come home and I either play Cozy Grove, mm -hmm. which is like this little cozy bear game where you can uh, find help bears like find their memories and put them to rest. It's it's very cute. Um, yeah. Play that or watch something on mm -hmm. Netflix until like eleven thirty. Then I do some chores. I go to work around noon and I get my second coffee at that time. I work from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. Vampire hours. It's great. I love it. I get to sleep. I wake up late, sleep late. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I come home. I play video games again. Mm -hmm. I wash my face. I tie up my hair like this so it doesn't get in my face when I sleep. And then I go to bed. Nice. That's it. That's my yeah. Best. But Every that single that regulation helps keep your mental health though, right? Because it's you've got the yeah. schedule down, and yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I, I struggle with keeping schedules, and I kind like I've figured out a lot of it's my ADHD, which I finally was diagnosed with as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely like keeping that regulated schedule is very hard for me but I like strive for it because when things do stay like on a schedule it, it's so much smoother like it for yeah. me it's not only smoother it minimizes the number of spoons that I have to use yeah because I'm not only autistic I also have chronic pain in my hip oh no uh, I also I always describe it to my students because my students are like are you okay and I'm like so you know how it feels like when you have a headache and like yeah. yeah, like that in my hip. Yep. Always. Yeah. And they're like, always? And I'm like, yes. That's chronic pain for you. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, so lately it's been really cold, which has been giving me massive like pain flare-ups and it's not fun. Yeah. But it's the routine helps me minimize the number of spoons that I need to use mm -hmm. throughout the day. Because I know exactly how many spoons each task will take. Yeah. So I know, like, I have my day exactly planned out so I don't run out of energy. Um, That's good. And for this, for this interview, I actually saved up a couple of spoons. During the day, I had, uh, it was snowing today, so I wasn't, like, masking my stims. Because I was, yeah. like, happy stimming on the way to work. I was, like, smacking at the snowflakes and, like, poking them. Um, everyone thought, everyone was, like, watching me, like, what is that foreigner doing? That's so weird. Um, but some people were just, like, eh, it's cute. Um, so I was doing that on my way to work. And I also, you know, had moments where I was just, like, no to my students. Just flat no. Yeah. Instead of indulging them. Um, so I saved up some spoons. 
for this interview because I mm-hmm. knew that I would need that. Yeah. No, I like that you did that because that's, and that's also something that would be helpful for others, you know, in the neurodivergent, neurodivergent community. Gosh, I get tongue tied. I've learned that on ADHD too, I guess. <laughs> oh, but like learning to work and like <clears throat> kind of like keep things going as a creative in general is hard. So because inspiration hits and sometimes you want to sit down and work on it and you can't. Like I yeah, yeah. It sucks. So Yeah. Luckily my class times are really, really long, like over mm-hmm. an hour for each class. So Usually my kids have time to practice their writing, which they desperately need. Yeah. Um, so I, when I'm actively working on a project, I always mm-hmm. have the rule when my students are writing, I am writing. That's awesome. So, so I'm sitting there away on my keyboard and I have a cool manual keyboard that makes cool noises and they love it. They're like, it's Ave SMR. It's like, my name's Avery. So they're like, it's Ave yeah. SMR. Um, while I'm typing they think it's so cool and they're just like writing away and I'm just like that is fun I love it like it's you gotta make it fun like my my keyboard my husband got it for me it lights up it's like all like different colors and everything and it just transitions I love it so much (laughs) my wife has one like that I can't do the visual stimulation the one that I have here at home is just like a normal Oh, well, that's pretty. It makes, like, pretty it makes a cool. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but it makes a cool like. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, I've always wanted a fun keyboard because, like, growing up, like we did, I didn't, we didn't have a lot of money, so like it was just like just the obligatory plain black keyboard that just got the job done. So now I get to have a little more fun with it, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Because it also boosts my creativity. So, although I did have to slow it down, like the the way it transitions, because when we first turned it on, it was like, all of this is like, ah, it's too much. Can't, yeah, I need to be able to focus a little bit at least. So, yeah. That whole, you're an adult, you have adult money. So that means you can buy cool things like a keyboard or a wireless phone stand that has wings that come out when you put your phone on it. Ooh. That is fun. That's yes. My students love this thing. Oh, that is so cool. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. So do you get to rest that on your desk while you're at work and stuff then? Like uh not while I'm at work, but when I was at home with COVID um last year, yeah. I was basically able to like show off all my cool little gadgets to my students that I have in my house. So I was like this is my room. That is my Bobo, who is a dog. She's back yeah. there. She's oh. sleeping. Oh. There oh. she is. Oh, she's a like, Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> like, what do you want? Yeah. Like, that is my Bobo. This is my desk. These are my headphones. They have giant cat ears that light up. Oh, um, yay. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love headphones. Yes. Yeah. I have it helps with migraines, so I can't have like the fun headphone things like that. So, like, yeah, I've got the sensory thing, so I can't use them too often. But when I can use them, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to swing us back to the book stuff. If you could 
share a piece of advice to any author starting out, like publishing their first book, what kind of advice would you share with them? Have most of the book written before you set the publishing date. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Because when you jump the gun, it's like, oh, yeah, I've done that once or twice myself. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Oh, yeah. I have two books planning to release in 2023. I'm still on chapter one for both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. One of them is releasing in March. Oh, man. Yeah, and I'm just like... Yeah. You'll get there. You'll get it. So it's it's okay. It's okay. The yeah. big one, the big one isn't due until July. That's <laughs> the third book in the Moon trilogy. So like, it's fine. <laughs> I can do it. It's okay. Yes, this, I'll, I'll figure something out and keep trucking away a little bit at a time. Progress is progress, as I like to say. So progress yeah. is progress. If Terry Pratchett can get by on writing four hundred words a day, so can I. Yes, exactly. So, and on that note, go ahead and tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you and your work. So my work is pretty much exclusively available on Amazon at the moment. Um, you can find it on Amazon by searching Avery Carter. You can also search for the ghost and the real girl. And it is the first thing that pops up no matter where you search it. So you can search for this book on Google. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Search for it on Goodreads. First one that pops up. Search for it on Amazon. First thing that pops up. So if you search up The Ghost and the Real Girl, you'll find it. Uh, from there, you can usually find my author pages on Amazon and on Goodreads. And you can find my other works there. Uh, I also have a website, which is avery-carter.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, me again. Thank you for watching the show. I hope you enjoyed the book chat and everything we talked about. If you'd like to check out some of my work, you can find the link to my website below, or you can reach out to me through my website to be on the show yourself. Also, don't forget to check out the featured creatives work. I super appreciate them taking time of their day to be on the show. And also, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. We've got many new things coming in the future. So once again, thanks for watching. See you soon. All right.